straight from your mama's womb, it's the Doom Room. Oh my I'm god. I'm doomed. I'm Alex. Oh Pick up the groom, because you're in the Zoo Doom Room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Justin, and I'm doomed. Uh, I'm Pete. What's up? And we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 4 of Doom Patrol, titled Cult Patrol. Now, brief bit of recap here, in case it's been a while since you watched the episode and you need to remember this one. Introduces discount Constantine in the form of Mark <laughs> Shepard's Willoughby Kipling, who shows up, uh, introduces the whole Doom Patrol to the concept of the cult of the unwritten book. They yes. get attacked by it while trying to protect that unwritten book, who is a dude named Elliot. And ultimately, Elliot. things get worse before they don't get better by the end of the episode, as Jane and Cliff are prisoners of the cult of the unwritten book. The D-Creator has been released, a big eyeball in the sky, and everybody's in a real bad place at the end of this episode. Um, the big thing about this one is we're four episodes in, and this is the first one, I think. I mean, we had the first episode had a big cliffhanger, but this really feels like the first part one of two episodes, yeah. right? Oh, it's big. Cliffhanger. Yeah. Cliff uh, Steel. Yeah. Cliff uh, Steel uh, hanger. Uh, yeah, there we go. There we uh, go. That's pretty good. Uh, Justin, we'll <laughs> check in with you first. Uh, given this is a big deal for you, experiencing yeah, it's a, a big part, deal for you. Part it's one a of two. A part yeah. one of two for the first time on the show, which is a real game changer. Uh, how how you feeling? You okay? Yeah, how it's you doing? crazy to stop in the middle and then wait and have it like i don't know the answers mm -hmm. you know yeah. yeah just finish the story guys you know you're like halfway through the story this yeah, is a new thing for tv it was an innovation for tv it's the first ever two-part episode but, listen i don't know if this is why they did it but it does make me want to come back for more Really? Hmm. That's really uh, interesting. Well, it looks like, like they're I doing want to find a job. I feel I like Porsche should try this. Oh, like, man. I feel like a lot of people walk away from this and be like, all right, I'm satisfied. Eyeball. <laughs> but see, me, I'm just like, wait, wait, guys. Let's dig a little deeper what and find, watch part happen? two. It's like me and dinner. I walk away from dinner. I'm like, no, I'm good. Wow. <laughs> well, that actually that actually tracks. <laughs> That's good. What are you missing? Yeah, a second I, dinner? I can't walk away dinner. from dinner, yeah. yeah. What are you, a prince? <laughs> you sound like uh, Lord of the Rings. Do they, do they know about second breakfast? Yeah. How many meals do hobbits have again? A lot. Uh, a lot. That's, that's a They're bad hobbit. the dream. Yeah, Having two breakfasts is a bad hobbit. Uh, let oh. me just throw out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> or the best, you know. Best uh, what, Pete? <laughs> the best habit. Hobbit. Um, I got to say, this show is just, it gets better every episode. I really, really am enjoying this. Oh, Again, wow. I wish someone had told us sooner that this show was worth <laughs> watching and podcasting about. Um, uh, so let me just lay that up. But let me also say, is this the same Elliot as the Elliot in E.T.? Yes, Elliot. I thought maybe it was the same Elliot as my son's middle name, but it's spelled differently. So wow. probably not. Well, well, Your child is a book also, right? Sunflex. Yeah, well, that's how we raised him. Uh, I'm expecting that any time now, my wife is going to kill me. <laughs> I mean, that that is true, I'm Alex, but for, for, also for, for unrelated, yeah. unrelated yeah. reasons, I keep no demanding cult. second dinner. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't have any more dinners. Please stop eating. Oh my this is my big question about the hobbits. They keep having these nonstop meals. <laughs> like, just don't call them different meals. You're just snacking all day. That's all you're doing. Oh, wow. Interesting. But then what do you invite? If you invite someone over for just snack, then when do they come over? Come over yeah. for food. I don't know. 
He Give them a time, time. Say, hey, we're hobbits. We never stop eating. You know that. We're friends. Come over and so, eat food. Whatever food we I, have out. It's probably that hardtack bread. I invite you over for snack and you show up at 9 a.m. with a bottle of red wine. It's confusing. Absolutely. I mean, oh, would, you turn, would you turn me away? Yeah. No, oh, at man. breakfast in my house, we drink a warm vodka. <laughs> <laughs> with eggs floating it, right? Infused. Exactly. We're health yeah. nuts. <laughs> of course. <laughs> So let's talk about Elliot, though, since you did bring him up. This what? is Yes, Pete. I wanted want to, to back, back to the up. eggy vodka. You want, well, I you want to, to back, back up, up from the, the beginning. <laughs> I want to back up the truck a little bit. What's fun is they're they're having kind of fun with the titles here. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's a, a simple thing, but it's just enjoyable. The fact that, like, this show is a lot of fun. Even the titles are a lot of fun. Um, are you talking about having, recap? No, I'm talking about the like Paul. Uh, yeah, they mm-hmm. have Call Patrol. They, the next one or a couple more is like Paw Patrol. There's, you know, there's they're just kind of having some fun. Like even the titles are fun. Um, but I I know we had talked a lot about uh, was it Hamable Lecter or um, uh, yeah. yeah? I mean, this it went right from the DC flip into Hamable Lecter. So like that. I mean, he's got that, that was the last episode. episode. Yeah, but it was in the recap, so like they hit us again with it, you know, the previously on. Oh, that's great. Right? Can I tell you what I actually loved about this episode is the HBO Max launch page for it. <laughs> it's mostly get, purple. Get, get out of here. Get out of here. This is mostly anti, This is anti-podcasting. Yeah. This is a personal Pete, what did you attack. think about the Apple TV interface where I had to click over to HBO Max? Oh, I recently man. had to delete the app because it took me out of it. And then I reinstalled the app. Should I keep going with the story? Yeah, please do. I, sorry, I'm sorry. I've had a lot of eggy vodka. I'm sorry to, yeah. to just point out that, that there's a lot of layers to fun to this show. Okay, so I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank for you for the apology. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, Elliot, we start with this fun uh, cult birthday montage. Um, mm-hmm. This character is uh, is fun and sad. Fits right in with the just the vibe of all these characters who are like, my life sucks, but here I am still living it. Yeah, I really like this intro to just the way that it's filmed. The uh, it's not a subtle way, but the way they, they keep flipping through these different Elliots to give us the passage of time works really nicely, and it shows how he has lived his entire life going right up to that shocking moment where the wife immediately slits the dad's throat. Well, um, she's going to get a knife. I mean, this is not the time to tune your back on, you know, your wife. If that's, I, that's just not smart. I guess the bigger question is he probably had a lot of other times to tell him yeah. when she was somewhere else. Right. Exactly. Like just she seems like she sticks pretty close to yeah, uh, the cakes and Elliot in general. Yeah. Real like helicopter mom. Am I oh, right, boy? Mm-hmm. But I do like Elliot. I do like the actor. I think his interactions. I don't know. With... He seems a little depressing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, that's the huh. point. Huh. He his interactions with Larry I thought were really nice in particular. Yeah. Um, so Rita. fan of him. I hope he survives past this episode. That's my. Oh, big that's thing. nice of you. Well, and what, before I knew that this was going to be this innovative idea of um, uh, to be continued episode, I was like, "Oh, this kid's just going to get killed at the He's end of this dead. episode." 
I thought for sure, I thought it was going to be a quick turnaround. Kip was going to come through and just like end it. Um, but I really like, I, I like that the Elliot character is also bringing out better qualities in Rita and Larry. It's like we talked about last episode. These characters seem incapable of dealing with their own issues, but when they're talking about someone else, they confront their issues or they realize mm-hmm. that they have the same issues that, that Elliot has in a way. Well, and this is very much jumping ahead, but while we're talking about Elliot's influence on Rita in particular, that's amazing. There's that amazing moment where to protect Elliot, Rita uses her powers correctly for the first time, yeah. not even realizing it. She just does it on instinct. When I, yeah. I think correctly is an interesting word choice there because I think she's like, whoa, I can do that? That's much cooler than being a, a goop. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Well, and I think but, that comes down to it's it's such a smart moment in terms of letting us know that Rita does have this better nature to herself when she's – Focusing on herself when she's focusing internally, she starts to literally melt down. She turns into a puddle. She turns into a blob. But when she is being selfless, when she's fighting for Elliot, she is able to control her movements and be in total control of her body. Um, It's interesting to extrapolate that also on what that potentially means for her as an actress. You know, we don't really have a sense of like, we know she is a popular actress, but we don't know if she's a good actress. Oh, come on, Let man. me just say, come I don't on. think she's classically trained. As a classically wow. trained actor, we can always Shot smell fired. our... Let's <laughs> back up off of Rita, please. Okay? Well, you're talking about a... her theatrical... Are you offended by her lack of theatrical training? I No, I'm offended that you guys would come at her acting, alright? Because the stuff that we've seen on screen has been marvelous, especially for the time period, okay? So why don't we back up off of that? I want to talk about the fact that... <laughs> so like, just to check, Rita's acting, okay, for the time period, Larry Trainer being uncomfortable about coming out to his family, not okay for the time period. Oh my god, you were... That's not my problem with Trainer, okay? Is that I want him to be honest with the people who rely and love him. Okay. So did you know that trainers are actually what they call sneakers in England? Hmm. Wow, that's a fun fact. I mean, makes makes you think. Makes you think. It doesn't doesn't make you think because we didn't find him like you know like. Uh, next to another person that looks exactly like him, like, you know, maybe in the closet somewhere, he was on the beams. They don't, you don't well, put shoes about it up this there. way, but you have Larry Trainer. Again, trainers are sneakers in England. And then let's just call him Larry Sneaker. Larry Sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> and then the negative spirit is kind of sneaking around a little bit oh, like a sneaker. Oh, wow. So there you go. All right. I think, we... I, I think I properly justified bringing nope. that up. Nope. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really liked. Rita's kind of talked to him when he was on the ledge. Like it was this hysterical. Yeah. It was this hysterical thing of like, well, you're only on the second floor. So, you know, and he's like, I can't even get this right. It was like, she wasn't overbearing. She wasn't, you know, like get away from there. You know, like it was this kind of calm. It was really nice to see her have this kind of honest moment with this character. And really, she started to kind of grow from there as a person. So it was uh, it was really well done. I was just in this silly, completely insane, over-the-top episode. There was some really uh, emotional moments. 
Well, I think you're right there, Pete, because it was she when she first saw Elliot there, she came over and tried her usual spiel of just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a Manhattan and go to sleep. And Mm -hmm. he was like, doesn't work. That's not helping me. And so then she has to go deeper, uh, really reveal herself to him and ends up on this great line. The world is a beautiful, horrible place. It's spectacular, which was awesome. And Mm -hmm. it really like was introspective. And from that, I think. We see a, a we can draw a line to her using her powers in a more yeah. interesting way. What? Why do you think she bonds with Elliot in particular? Other than the fact that obviously the script demands that in terms of everybody moving forward as characters, <laughs> why? What is it about Elliot in particular that she bonds with? Is it the fact that he's a kid? Is it the fact that he's about to attempt suicide? Is that and something? He's at rock bottom where I think she. Uh, is or has been, you know what I mean? She's mm. kind of like knows kind of a little bit of his head space. And I think that's why she's able to connect with him so easily. Well, and he's vulnerable. And so she can come in. There's an opening there. All the other yeah. characters in this show have their, you know, are calloused up and just can't be reached and are dealing with their own things. And then you got to look at Rita's been dealing with Cyborg just Leaving her out, purposefully leaving her out. Yeah, dude, that on was her cold case for us. the past two episodes, and really making her feel bad because of her issues, which then make her issues worse. So I think she, with Elliot, she saw a chance to uh, give what she in turn needs to him. Do you think it's perhaps because he has writing all over himself and she recognizes scripts? A good script when she yeah, sees, she one? sees a good yeah. script and she's like, oh, I know what that oh. is. You're you're a horrible person. She's trying to develop Elliot <laughs> into a multi-part series. Don't yeah. jump out a second story window. I want to option you. <laughs> I just hope that Elliot has a to be continued on his body somewhere. Like if oh, from man. his there's a episode ends on his right butt cheek and on his left is the second episode. He's got to make sure up. he gets points on the back end. Otherwise, he's not going to. You, you know, mean the ass by yeah. back end, right? No, I, I don't. Actually, but. in England, when they're doing part one and part two of a script, they call it cheekin. <laughs> Because you're jumping from the left cheek, the first episode, to the right cheek, the second episode. Uh, I really wish you didn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Can we jump back and talk about Discount Constantine, though? Who, mind you, I love. Mark Shepard, great actor, always fun when he shows up on a show. He's always great at everything. But I do remember my reaction when he showed up here because they have, I'm completely blanking on his name, but the guy who plays Constantine over on the Arrowverse shows. Amazing. He's great at He's great too. And they had introduced him and this felt like, uh, even even in the comics, I think this character is like, yeah, we could have get Constantine. So we created another Constantine. Pretty much, yeah. right? Sometimes you need, you know, if, if somebody's busy, you need a B-level. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it is, it is a weird choice because I guess this was a time where it was like, well, let's not introduce the character. I feel like so many other shows now are like, yeah, let's just do our version of the character and who cares? We'll clean it up later. We'll bring in some fans maybe. But to your point, I really like this character. He is – the fact that he smokes just like Constantine, it's right over the plate. Drinks a and, lot more than Constantine does. I wouldn't yeah. say more, but um, – yeah. Yeah, he even has a – I mean, it's a different color trench coat, but he even has a trench coat like Constantine. So it's Well, if you're basic- going to do magic, you kind of need a trench coat, so. Oh, to hide yeah. all the spells? Yeah, a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Anybody uh, – this is uh, also a fun fact. Anytime you see somebody with a trench coat that they're holding still, uh, holding around them, they're definitely a magician. Yep. Yep. 
Ask no them question. what tricks they're hiding. Or it's a bunch <laughs> of short, show you. smaller people stacked on top of each other. You got to be careful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. To, I'm glad you said people. Yeah. <laughs> you um, used to work at a movie theater, right, Pete? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got, you got to keep your eye out, man. And you, for a while, you were the middle kid in a secret trench coat stack, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the a hardest tough gig. job. It's a tough gig. Yeah. Yeah. What it's do you think is harder, being the middle kid in the trench coat stack or the middle of a human centipede? Or is it basically uh, the same thing, Pete? How, no, I think it it's a not, gateway. It's not the same thing. And stopping gross. <laughs> when, well, once when, you get when, tired when, of the trench coat stack, you're like, well, got to take it up a level. Nope. Exactly. <laughs> well, when, when people, as Pete said, when people stack themselves underneath a trench coat, they are stacking butt to mouth, I believe. That's how you lock them in. How else are you all going to eat Stop. the popcorn? Stop it. <laughs> you just pass the popcorn down to the next person. Stop no, being gross. No, then you see the heads. Then Stop you see the heads. You get kicked gross. out of the movie theater. Come on. Well, when I say, when I'm in a movie theater and I say pass the popcorn, <laughs> I expect someone to digest it and then... <laughs> And, and then flip Please it out. stop. Please. <laughs> so anyway, that's what's going on with Willoughby Kipling in this episode. <laughs> and there is one thing I want to say. Cliff calls him a drunk David Copperfield. And right. if you're not familiar with David Copperfield, he's a magician. <laughs> and um, I don't know if I've ever told hold this on, story. Hold on. I need oh, to get wow. this back on track. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Alex started laughing story. first, and I was like, I'm not sure what's happening yet, but now I see. But when I was a child, David oh, Copperfield wow. made me disappear. Wow. Great. Isn't that a shocking story? I can't believe you guys aren't reacting that more. <laughs> well, I've way. heard part one of the story. The I've left heard a lot. Of, all, but I've never uh, I think I've only been telling part one over and over again for many years. Man. Uh, and that's how you ended up here, right? <laughs> exactly. He made me reappear in this podcast. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, I do I'm like, like this the character. light being of this podcast. Yeah, I do like this character. I do like that he brings another weird element into the show. We haven't really dealt with magic explicitly yet. It's mostly been science-based stuff for the first three episodes. So throwing that into the mix, it works really well in particular against Cyborg, who is yeah, still yeah. dealing with a lot of the stuff that he was dealing with the past two episodes, just in terms of what is the actual origin, what is the relationship with his dad, how does his technology actually work, uh, but at the same time giving him this challenge of technology isn't necessarily the best, magic also really works really nicely, is it, it, it tests him in a different way. And it also tests him immediately thrusting himself into a leadership role, which nobody likes anyway. Yeah. Yeah, um, I love the way that um, Kip uses, just brings in a lot of like uh, fun magic items, like sort of down to earth, um, the chewing gum. No, it's knowing gum. Yeah, the yeah. beads the dipped Janus in sriracha. Jopla, oh, yeah, the, the sriracha beads, the Janis Joplin flot was just, I mean, it was just one crazy item after another, uh, but really fun. And uh, yeah, and getting to to talk about Alex's back and forth with Cyborg, like his, like I loved when he walked up. He was like vodka check, rum Alex's check. back and forth. Well, Alex, you were saying Cyborg Kip's and back. Kip's back and forth was fun oh, okay. when he was right. doing his like, all right, I'm just doing a weapons check. That was really a fun. Bit. I mean, I'd love to be in the show if you're casting. Is all I'm saying. Are you classically trained? Because it only works to have one character, like Rita, who's not classically trained as a Sure. Character. Does eating a couple of dinners count as uh, classically trained? Yeah, that's what I mean by trained. Okay. Uh, the way that um, 
Kip also sort of is helping to sort of further open this door on who Calder actually is, um, I think is cool, um, especially with the stuff that Larry learns um, about um, what Calder knows about his his light inner light being. Yeah. yeah so what's your theory on that, Justin? Um, I it's hard, it's very hard to say that. The torture. So in in the yeah, episode, that was a, I was really hoping for like positive news, not the fact that like oh he lives off tortured souls. So of course, well, old uh, Jackie Sneakers is going to be the one to go, uh, live with. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like the runner of uh, Larry keeps waking up with this monitor on, mm-hmm. and so the the light being is trying to be like here, watch this, watch this, yeah. Um, and then the idea that torture was what's there is the one word we get out of uh, the light being. I, I don't think the light being is a malevolent spirit, a bad thing. Like despite oh, the fact okay. that he's been really like, you know, almost pranking Larry or leaving him in in compromising situations. I think he's just frustrated trying to get Larry to be a better person, to be a hero and – and so I think the light being the word torture, I think it's torture maybe being inside Larry when he's at this. So the, the one word was out of context. He was like trying to say a whole sentence and we only heard torture. I love exactly. your positive because like, you know, this episode was a little bit kind of like maybe this light being isn't the good guy we were hoping for. Well, he, he keeps trying to put Larry on a path for sure. Or I, I don't think he's – if he wanted Larry to die, he would do that. Or if he wanted things to go worse. Like there are definitely easier ways of him getting what he wants if that's just Larry to let him free more often or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will say I'm hesitating from answering anything that you're saying only yeah. because I don't, I don't remember what I remember. I realized watching this episode, like I do remember the broad strokes of the episodes while I'm watching them going, oh, yeah, okay, this is the one with that dude who is a book and there's a cult after him and they end up this weird city. That is the stuff that I remembered. But the specifics of things, I didn't necessarily remember where they come. So uh, certainly, uh, I don't know. I think it sounds to me like you're on the right track. I don't think that's necessarily remembering the plot. But certainly structurally, I think it's supposed to indicate what Pete is thinking, which is the negative spirit tortures Larry. But I do think it's actually what you were saying, Justin, which is it is torture being in here or something along yeah. those lines. It is torture not being able to do good or, or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, we'll, we have to find out eventually what, what the spirit actually is. Yeah. Uh, why don't we move on to some of the other characters? We talked about Rita. We talked about Larry. Uh, we touched on Cyborg a little bit. Mostly he's hanging out with Willoughby the entire episode. But the bit of him trying to be boss and nobody caring about it continues to be very, very fun throughout. Yeah. Yeah. The whole like yeah. team and like, oh, we they have a common goal. They are a team. But I loved how he goes into lecture mode and it drives everybody insane. Uh, that's really fun. Um and yeah, also I, the uh, I was just going to mention the fight scene towards the end where he does team up with Willoughby before Willoughby betrays him. Badass! It was very yeah, cool. The yeah. arm cannon's very cool. The flaming sword is very cool. That was a lot of fun. Well, yeah. the visual of the 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 villains being dead skin and unsent letters very fun. Very like Sandman or you know more specifically, I thought if anyone's out there looking for some a comic book that is sort of like Kip. 
outside of Constantine, Books of Magic, um, mm-hmm. a comic that Neil Gaiman wrote for the first four issues of and then had a very long series afterwards, has sort of similar ways of using magic and sort of this uh, similar tone to it uh, as Kip. But it's heartbreaking to know that there's so many unsent letters out there. I mean, yeah. that's just... I would know. just mention as another recommendation, if you're looking for a comic book uh, to check out, you should check out Doom Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say unwritten because it has. Oh yeah, no, no, that's actually that is another good one. Yeah, uh, uh, but Pete, just, how many letters? How many letters do you send on a daily basis? Um, uh, not, uh, I tell you, if I write it, I send it, man. You know what I mean? A lot of those letters, if you actually look close at the screen, were signed P. LePage. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, it did just, look like at one point, though, <laughs> the uh, Elliot had like written down, and then it looked like a little drawing of a, a someone drew like a dick on the side of his face. Yeah, he actually isn't the cult he's a member of is a fraternity who and he just passed out too close to the keg. So a couple of quick notes, just because I was looking this up. First of all, Willoughby was created by Grant Morrison and Richard Case for Doom Patrol, Volume 2, Number 31, in 1990. He was in the comics for about two years. And in fact, in the comics as well, Willoughby was created because they weren't allowed to use Constantine. Uh, Because they didn't want to spoil the realism of the character. And so instead of basing him on Sting's appearance like Constantine, uh, he was meant to look like Richard E. Grant's character from Withnell, from Withnell and I. Oh, yes. Yeah. And if you don't know uh, Richard E. Grant, he also played old Loki on Loki, for example. Oh, nice. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Withnell and I, great cult movie if you've never seen it. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Um, let's. We should talk about Jane as well. We haven't touched oh. on Jane at all in this episode. A lot of her stuff is just digging into Cliff more than anything. How are yeah. you? We talked about this a little bit the last episode, but how are you feeling about their relationship as it continues to develop or fracture apart? Yeah, well, it, it feels like they're falling apart a bit, and we get a lot of uh, gesture toward their sort of father-daughter relationship that I think they're that Cliff maybe likes, but is a little weird about, and she seems to not like, uh, doesn't want it or doesn't need it. Um, I mean, we have this dream sequence at the beginning of the episode, and then later the cult makes them see the different perspectives of how they see themselves, each other, and then what they actually are, which I thought was a great little montage bit. Um, this, This show does such a great job of constantly refocusing the perspective of the characters, who they, what they think of themselves and each other. So I think that's really, they're very smart about that. Pete, were you going to say something about this? Well, yeah, I just, I, it was just kind of like this heartbreaking thing where you, we kind of like cl- cliffs in between dreams and he's like himself and then he's not. But the fact that like it goes from such a sweet moment of him with his daughter to like, Oh, him and Jane are actually having this nice moment and then wake up abrupt reality, get away from me. You know, like, uh, it's bad what you did. And what was weird is also Cliff's like, what are you talking about? As soon as she said, you know, the place, I was like, yeah, dude, it's because you were like covered in blood from, you know, ripping Nazis in half. How did you not know that? What I don't understand about Jane's point of view here is she's like pissed at him because he's a toxic man. Right, but in that same fight, uh, she killed a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Like right. she killed the but main that dude. That wasn't. That was a different. You know what I mean? That was a different person who uh, killed the. Well, so no, I, one I of the other argue, people were judging. I think. 
I think that's the thing she's going to have to come around to realize is she, we were talking about this the last episode as well. She constantly just pushes against everybody. She's like, you're wrong. I'm right. That's her MO in every single situation for these like first a four episodes. Like a real Zalbin. <laughs> a real on Zalbin. How I'd refer to her. How I'd refer to her, Pete, not you. <laughs> no, okay? I got it. No, All right? I got yeah. Me. I'd refer to it that way. Anyway, just to own it's that, fun. I'm going to own that from now on. Uh, anyway, <laughs> she pushes back on everything because that's her MO. And I think that's what she's doing with Cliff is she's seeing him. She's seeing him as this one thing, as this toxic man who likes to kill people because that's how she sees him and that's it. We know there's a lot more to him uh, just based on the mere fact that he's Brendan Fraser. And there's, you know, we know Brendan Fraser deep down is a nice guy when we look we at him. We know that? We wow. do. But okay. also, Wait. you said it in the first episode, Justin. I didn't say hey, deep down he's a nice guy. What are you? All right, roll the what tape. Did you spend last summer with him. Roll the, roll the tape. Yeah, and the Hamptons. Right. It was very nice. I was like, uh, take the Scorsese movie. Come on. And he was like, Scorsese. I don't know. I want to do Mummy Five. And I was like, take the Scorsese. The Scorsese. Yeah. Scorsese. <laughs> I I but thought. I do, okay, go ahead. I was going to say, we do ride with Cliff, uh, maybe the most in the show, sort of, mm-hmm. so we do know him internally. But I would say, like, he, he puts his, himself out enough to the other characters, including Jane, where, he, like, she should be able to know that mm-hmm. he's not the monster that she saw him in that one but moment. I do think it's a self-defense thing of, like, pushing people away, pushing people away, and I... What I'm hoping what will happen is because like something I can't really remember um, is that, you know, like if he keeps staying and being steady, he will win her over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if he's like, all right, if this is what you need to do. Fine. I can take it. I'm a brain in a robot suit. Um, I'll, I'll throw another idea out at you. Maybe it's more along these lines. The fact that because Jane has all of these personalities, she's completely split. She does the opposite to people and boils them immediately down to one thing. And the thing that she's boiled Cliff down to is toxic man. That's it. That's the only thing he is going on. And that's a way of maybe ignoring her own personalities, her own thing that's going on, is putting it on these other people, distilling them down to their basic essence, because that's something either she is scared of in herself or just can't do in herself. Yeah. Potentially. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I I would like to say, though, Cliff was uh, killing me in this episode. Some really funny lines, like when they get to, you know, uh, that place, uh, the snow globe place. And he's just like, clowns. Nope. (laughs) Like he turns around like he's going to walk out. Oh, that was hysterical, man. Uh, One other thing that I wanted to mention that is almost apropos of nothing in the show, and I know we like to keep really focused here on this podcast, but uh, I just found out last night, I don't know if you guys have seen Encanto, the new Disney movie that's on Disney+. Plus. Luisa, the beautiful older sister, is voiced by Diane Guerrero, who plays Jane on the show. And she's also the singing voice and has a really beautiful singing voice. So I don't mm. think we've heard her sing on Doom Patrol, but it feels like a natural fit if they ever want to go in that direction. Wow. Well, maybe they will in one of the uh, upcoming episodes, which are to be continued. Song Patrol, maybe. I don't know. Ooh, Just throwing yeah. something out there. Uh, what else should we talk about in I, this episode? Yes, Pete. I wanted to talk about how Cliff uh, walked up to uh trainer and was like, 
you believe a blue horse head? And he just was like, yeah. That was just, I was a very funny. We haven't even talked about the blue horse head yet, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. there's like a horse with no name. A nail on the head, instead of like a unicorn horn, it had like a nail going the other way. It looked Mm -hmm. very painful. I really That's like the line. I don't know if I trust Kipling, but I do. I don't know if I trust Kipling, but I believe the blue horse head. Yeah, good line. Yeah, good stuff. Horse of No Name, a song uh, by America. Yeah. Also, speaking of songs, love the joke with Kipling. What does he actually do? Um, like the last I, line of the episode is maybe I should have done a hard day's night, mm-hmm. but yeah. earlier on he does another Beatles song because he could never remember the lyrics to Hard Day's Night. Was yeah. it Love yeah. Me Do? I love know? Me Do, I believe. Yeah. Which is easier to remember. 100%. Except for in this case where you couldn't remember it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Go oh, ahead, Pete. I was just going to say those nuns were crazy creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think about the but fact? They were, they were back in the habit. Uh, speaking of religious people, the dude with the stigmata was named Father Cuervo which I thought was pretty interesting because we originally, and we were all very in favor of this, wanted to call this podcast Doom Patron. And every episode, we'd review an episode of Doom Patrol and Tasted Tequila here live on the show. And then Pete said, oh, I don't like tequila. So we well, didn't do I that. can't drink tequila because I had a couple uh, really bad nights in college. And so uh, mm. I don't want to. Uh... What do you, you mean by bad? B- Pete had a bottle of Oops All Worms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Big mistake. Big mix up in the factory over there. You had yeah. a bad tequila night in college. I had a bad wine cooler night in college. That's Oof. why I can't have wine coolers anymore, a thing that otherwise I would love to have. Yeah, wow. Dodged a bullet there. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bartles and James. You don't have a drink that you no longer do because of uh, maybe an over excessive uh, evening? Are you, who are you asking? I just said wine coolers. I know you just wine said coolers. that, so I'm asking the other oh, person in the podcast who maybe has an opinion about this. Um, I mean, I guess um, Jaeger bombs is something I don't do, but that's just a, a biological, physiological change <laughs> okay. uh, for the better. Right. <laughs> um, my first bad drinking experience was with vodka, so and, and I don't really enjoy that. Except, of course, in Bloody Marys and most other cocktails that feature vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Except for any other mixed uh, drink that yeah. maybe and has. And this it. bottle of vodka that I'm drinking right now <laughs> for Curtin. 13th I, breakfast. <laughs> I guess it's more specifically I don't want to drink a plastic liter of Lord Calvert vodka um, okay. that can be uh, found in the worst liquor stores. Well, you're going to be really bummed out when I come over for breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> Don't you mean snack? <laughs> snack. Snack time. Sorry about that. A uh, couple of other things that I really like just to call out as I'm going through here. Right at the beginning, you get down here and eat your fucking cake, Elliot. Fun line yeah. right at the top of the episode. Yeah. Um, the I think this was Cyborg. I didn't note it down, but him saying, do you want to find the chief? And everybody's like, sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> they really could care less. Um also, uh, this was Cliff's line. Who is this guy? Is he someone's uncle? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just so many great lines in every episode. I feel like you're I knit, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, what did you think about Cyborg's revelation? This, is, this was interesting to me on a DC Universe perspective, that there are 37 dimensions. And I bring that up because yeah. DC is so laser-focused on the number 52. Yeah. It was surprising to me. It was surprising. 
I agree. Weird to call out 37 when the if you're going to put any number in there, it would be 52. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I haven't gone back and count. Maybe it's the number of DC shows or something at that point. Maybe there mm-hmm. are potentially 37 different multiverses out there through the various movies and TV shows. But but yeah. A little, little bit of a strange thing. Um, also, Willoughby's different spell stuff was very fun. I wrote down Janis Joplin's dental floss. Yeah. Love to know more about that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was just some really, really, like, over-the-top, insane moments happening, kind of like back-to-back, where you're like, wait, what is this? They're made of, uh, you know, when you shoot them, they, they turn into, uh, you know, letters. That was crazy, fun visual. Um also, yeah, I just love the fact that, like, we had the magic and Cyborg just, like, kind of, like, side by side kicking ass. I know Alex had mentioned it a little bit, but just, like, seeing Cyborg happy and, like, uh, uh, doing well was really kind of a small moment, but a great moment to kind of uh, to see. And also, I loved how he had this kind of, like, super bomb that he could uh, light up. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about the revelation that all of Nurnheim is in a snow globe in Doom Banner, which is very Saint Elsewhere? It's a fun. That's (laughs) just fun. The show's having a great time. I'm, I'm, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Because when they got there and it looked like little board, like fake houses, it's like, okay, well, what is this? You know. mm-hmm. Well, and it it's just continues to point to um, this whole show is about Calder, about the father figure leaving without putting anything, having anything figured out. So if he was there, he could just be like, oh, it's right over there. Let's go smush it or yeah. do whatever they need to do to stop this from happening. But instead, the kids, um, the Doom Patrol have to figure it out for themselves. Yeah. Any other moments before we start to wrap up here? Anything else you want to call out? Now, when the big eye appears, mm-hmm. it's a left eye, right? What? Maybe? The way the eye is okay. shaped, it's sure. like a left eye. Yeah. What, 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 are you, what are you trying to say, left eye Lopez? What, what are you doing? I'm just saying, do you think we're going to get um, – a right eye, or do you think we're going to get the rest of the group? <laughs> I think it's the mind's eye. It's the middle eye. I don't think there's like a, uh, you know. But I'm telling you, if you look at the eye, it has a shape of a left eye. Mm-hmm. Lopez? Do you? Yeah. I don't think there's a difference between your left and your right eye, guy. I don't know what you're saying. What? Yes, of course there is. What are you talking about? I don't know. What are he was like, well, oh, this is match? You look at an, a giant eye in the sky. And you're like, well, this is definitely a left eye, guys. Everybody just be careful. Your eyes are not the, the right. same. I mean, I understand a little bit, but I'm sorry, I just we're think not it's as conventionally attractive as you, Pete, with perfectly it's symmetrical perfectly eyes. I just think that that's a funny thing to do. Uh, you see a giant eye in the sky and you're, you're like, well, that's clearly a left eye. I, well, just if funny there is a left eye, I'd be looking for the T-Boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for the waterfall, but then I shouldn't chase it. But, you know, fair enough. Why don't we move on and talk about who was most doomed this episode? Pete, who was most doomed this episode? Well, I tell you. Seems like old sneaky trainer is uh, the most doomed because he has yet to move forward. And um, I'm also I was really worried that the light being let the kid go. Like what 
what was that move? You know what I mean? Like that kind of gets brushed past for all the madness. But uh, I was pretty disappointed in the light beings plan to just let the kid go. Well, maybe the light being knew that the the cult was coming there and ends up getting him and sort of killing him to create the the left eye in the sky. All right. Justin, what about you? Left eye. Most in the sky. doomed. I mean, the easy answer is what I was just talking about. Elliot is capital D doomed. Mm-hmm. He's doomed from his birth. He's got a tough birthday party situation. No oh, friends. Man. Only his parents invited. Which you gotta wonder why get Every all the balloons? Year. Why get all the balloons? Right? I'm going to throw out Jane as most doomed this episode. We didn't touch on it too much, but she seems to be in a pretty bad place to the point that she is completely regressed into her own head, isn't even appearing anymore. We meet Penny Farthing this episode. Uh, We get that very funny line, back me up, Tiny Tim from Cliff, Mm -hmm. um, which is all good. But not only is she battling Cliff, but she seems to be entirely lost here. She doesn't know necessarily what her place is versus last episode – when she was stepping up and being a hero yeah. for the first time. So it's a big change from one episode to the other. It makes me very worried about her going into the right cheek episode, if you will. Oh, yeah. yeah we're, we're not, you know what, guys? This is a great place to be because we're right in between the left and right cheeks. <laughs> we are like hovering over the, the butthole. It's right where you want to be. Uh, I don't yeah. know about Is that, that where the eyes are, by the way? 100%. They say the butthole is the eye of the cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book Why would you support us after that line? Patron.com slash comic book club. Wait, don't. I don't know. Send us Aren't I supposed to? Just wait. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And over eager Pete, you get to finish off the episode with a piece of advice. Take it away. Don't join cults. You're enough, okay? You know, just uh, <coughs> just get on a chat room and find some people with some like interests. Uh, but don't a join the chat room. That's don't, a lot, very culty. Don't to go. join the cult. Find a chat room. Just let me know what your age, sex, and language are. Whoa, just, whoa! You know, um, whatever's going on. ASL. Pete, I can't believe you're asking people to go chasing waterfalls. Um, when I would think you would tell them to don't go chasing waterfalls. Stick to the rivers and the streams that you're used to. It's right there. Is it rivers I want to try out some new rivers. <laughs> and streams. <laughs> I want to try a new stream. <laughs> <laughs>